available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to a second podcast of champions this week. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. Wow, you try to really trying to screw me up, Dave. I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the podcast of champions, talking Pac-12 football, talking to you for the second time this week, mostly because of Dave's busy travel schedule but we had a pre a recap show now we're going to do a preview show we won't have enough time to get to all your questions unfortunately but if you want to send them in for next week we'll be happy to have a three-hour episode packed to a podcast at gmail.com or you could text us or call us at 424-532-0678 dave handpicked a few questions that we'll get to we just have limited time so i'm really sorry about that uh you can tweet us at pack 12 podcast on the website Pac12podcast.com, where you can find all of our old episodes. Please subscribe and rate us. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio. What else we got, Dave? Uh, Megaphone, anywhere else. Oh, iHeartRadio. We're on iHeartRadio now. For a price, I'll shout the thing to you. You'll shout it to me? Yeah, like if you want me to like just read a transcript of the podcast, like just pay me a certain amount of money. It doesn't have to be much, and I'll call you up, and I'll shout the podcast to you. I like it. Uh, very yeah. cool. That I mean, a little extra cash. That's good. We are on iHeartRadio now too. So people that are listening to that, um, you can, uh, and on the, whenever you see the podcast embedded, there's a little subscribe button. So there's a whole bunch of different platforms there. You can see all of them that we're on. So uh, a lot of ways to, uh, get a hold of us, but it's gonna be a little different show, Dave. Cause we got, we, we don't have to recap the games. It's already done. I know it's, uh, I, I'm at a loss. I don't even know what to do. I mean, I feel uh, uh, frightened. <laughs> well, it'll go a little faster, which is nice. We always say that, but this actually will because we're cutting out uh, half the show. There's a few notes. Um, the college football playoff rankings came out, and uh, Oregon 6, uh, Utah 7. Is that a surprise to you at all? No, seems right. Yeah, seems okay. I mean, some people were saying about Alabama, maybe they should drop further. I mean, certainly Alabama doesn't have a great resume. It's mostly reputation, but... You know, we'll see where uh, that goes from there. Um, Ralphie, Ralphie the fifth, uh, last year, 12 years, the mascots retiring at the end of the season. It's a she, uh, but she's going to retire. I unfortunately, like I mentioned, didn't get to see her run when I went to the USC Colorado game because she was a little feisty, I guess. But she's going to retire, Dave. And uh, I think she's going to hang out with other bison. I think they said buffalo, but I believe it's actually bison uh, hanging out with them on, on a farm or something. So good for good for Ralphie the fifth. Yeah, happy trails. Uh, and then you big beautiful animal. It that is like the coolest thing uh, in college football. And then uh, Kevin Sumlin still having a quarterback competition between Grant Gunnell or what you call him Gunnell. 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 Okay. Uh, Khalil Tate. So it's Khalil Tate's like final few games of his career, and uh, he's in a quarterback competition. So it seems a little strange. Yeah. It does. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of the way they've got to go at this point. I mean, they're not – I think they still have – what do they have, an outside chance at a bowl game? Is that where they are? Uh, Arizona right now in our – they're number 12 for in our uh, power rankings is sitting at four and five, would have to beat uh, – One of Utah or Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Assuming you beat ASU in the Territorial Cup, then you got to beat Utah or Oregon. I think it would be strategic for someone to play Gunnel yeah. um, for his job security because otherwise I think there's a slight chance he goes into next year on the hot seat. Um, but if he can say, oh, we're trying to prove true freshman, he looked really good in the final few games, you know, there's hope for the future. Maybe it makes his seat a little bit cooler heading into next year. Yeah. Um, so I think there there could be some strategic stuff at play, but also Cleo Tate just hasn't played well. So I guess that 
that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, and we also have to uh, give a shout out to uh, Mark, Mark NC. So he's the guy that won our survival pool. We had, I think we had 400 entries or something. So he won it going away. He's still yeah. going. So he had, uh, because there was only so many teams left because it's week, this is basically week 12. So you can only pick uh, one team, you know, per week. He had uh, Colorado this last week and uh, got the win. So they beat Stanford. It was a little, you know, that was a little risky, but he didn't have a choice. And then this week he has uh, Washington State. So the Cougars are playing, I guess we don't want to spoil it, but the Cougars are also playing Stanford. So Colorado beat Stanford, Washington State. If they can beat Stanford, he will have gone 12-0 and in our survival pool. So uh, pretty cool. That is very cool. Hey, Ryan. Yes. Can I tell you about my sweatshorts again? Yeah, I would love to hear about your sweatshorts. Okay, I know I talk about my sweatshorts a lot on this podcast, and it's, I mean, it's for obvious reasons, but I, I do just want to talk to you about my sweatshorts. Mac Weldon, they love making great stuff that is super comfortable to wear, including my sweatshorts. You should buy some sweatshorts from Mac Weldon because Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Uh, Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. It was super easy to buy everything. I bought a few undershirts. I bought my sweatshorts uh, on Mack Weldon's website. You just go there, MacWeldon.com. You can pick out whatever you want. It's easy to look at sizing. You can really, you know, sometimes you, you shop for clothes. They don't necessarily look like what's pictured. Uh, these look exactly like what you see. Um, really great stuff. They want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair of underwear, if you get some underwear from Mack Weldon, you can keep it, and they will still refund you, no questions asked. Uh, they have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor, so that's good. If you're working out in this stuff, that's a pretty good uh, pretty good bet. Um, it was a really, really awesome experience. So if you are interested in buying some Mack Weldon, uh, you just visit their website, uh, and for 20% off your first order... Visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code POC. That's 20% off your first order if you visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code POC. Very exciting stuff. Love my Mac Weldon. I just, it's funny. I'm wearing the uh, sweatpants that I got, the, uh, the, the, the comfier ones, not the, there's some nicer ones that I like to golf in and then like the comfy ones. Uh, I was walking into the office. I'm like, what do I want to wear? It's a little chillier outside. I'm going to wear my Mac Weldon sweatpants so it's funny um I, yeah we, we got them but we love i, I mean i love the stuff i know you do too yeah no i'm I, like honestly like i'm not even being you know a little bit like sardonic i love my shorts yeah like they're my favorite shorts have you I ever them not frequently so i can just wear them have you ever not been a little sardonic? like you're i mean you always i think it's like a, it's like a natural tone of my voice <laughs> i can't really help it but i want to convey sincerity here <laughs> It Conveying is sincerity is something I find very difficult. So <laughs> here we are. Well, let's. Uh, I, do you want me to do the recap of the rankings real quick, or the, yeah, fine. Okay, so twelve Arizona, eleven Colorado, ten Stanford, nine Washington State, eight Cal, seven Oregon State, six Arizona State, five UCLA, four USC, three Washington, two Utah, and one. Oregon, and we mentioned Utah and Oregon being in the uh, college football playoff rankings. They're both in action this week, and I guess I guess we can call it this. Pac-12 Roundup. We're not really rounding up; we're just kind of previewing. But you know, however you want to, however you want to portray that. Uh, no, no weekday games, Dave. It's all, yeah. it's all Saturday. Um, Big Saturday. And it was last week. It was more like Friday and early games and. This one's more like pushed towards the later side, I guess you could say. Was that, was that fair? Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, this is more of a give me a heart attack <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny. Like the USC game is not until um, the game I'm covering, you know, that, that won't be until 8 p.m. So I have like all day and I'm like kind of contemplating like, do I want to go to the beach and play some volleyball or do I want to sit around and watch all these Pac-12 games? I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet, Dave, but we'll see. Um, but the first one up uh, on Saturday... Uh, we have Stanford Cardinal on the road taking on. I'll give them the good one. Washington State Cougars. Okay, 
So this one's on at 1.30 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. Uh, Stanford traveling to Pullman to take on the Cougars. Uh, Washington State's favored by 10.5 points. I think that might be the same. Was that the same line they were favored over Cal on the road last week? Uh, it was 7.5. 7.5. Okay. So they lose to Cal, and they're going to be favored by three more points over Stanford. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Seems fine. <laughs> um, it sounds likely that Davis Mills is going to start for Stanford in this game. Um, so that is interesting. Uh, KJ Costello, once again, uh, out with an injury. Uh, no details on the injury, uh, but Shaw did not sound optimistic in practice this week. He's very doubtful uh, on KJ. So Mills is ready to go, and um, I'm on record as saying that Mills is the reason Stanford even looked halfway decent midseason. Washington State looked like booty against California. Um, Now, Stanford's not very good, and Washington State's at home in this one, but Davis Mills is pretty good. First game back, though, is he going to be rusty? I could talk myself around this one a million different ways. Um, I will go with Stanford covering. I will say I'll take Stanford and those 10 and a half points. Um, I have no idea. Like, this is insane. It seems like a really high line. But both of these teams have been very disappointing for me when I pick them. And I picked them a lot. I picked Stanford the last three weeks. They've only covered uh, once. Um, I picked Washington State. Uh you know, several times this year and they haven't covered. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've not got these teams right. They, they seem to be like teams that for the Washington state side. I mean, do you know, do you, off the top of your head, Dave, do you know Washington state's conference record? Um, it's got, I mean, they're a pretty good team. It's gotta be like four and two, right? It's one and five. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> that doesn't seem so good. Stanford's three and four and, uh, they're a 10 and a half point dog uh on the road I, i'm gonna go on a limb just say i you know my heart says my brain says pick stanford my heart's telling me pick washington state so i'm gonna go with washington state in this one and maybe they figure it out um i need your theory of davis mills is way better than uh kj costello to not be correct but i, I kind of agree with that, the way he's played <laughs> but man they looked i mean stanford looked like a real team uh when they beat arizona I was like wow that that that's kind of legit. Yeah. And they did not look like a real team. I, I think me watching the Stanford-Colorado game is burned into my head more than me watching uh, the uh, the Cal-Washington State game, where I feel like Washington State kind of got some raw deals in that one, where Stanford just looked like butt. So I think I'm going to go with Washington State. All right. Cool. We've well, already differed. Great. Yeah, we'll try that one out for size. Uh, let's see. Next up. Uh, this one, I believe it's an FS1 game, right? We have Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> on the road, taking on Oregon State Beavers. All right, so this one's on at 4.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. ASU traveling to Oregon State. ASU is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite over Oregon State. Uh, it sounds like Jaden Daniels is supposed to be back for this one. Um, at least that appeared to be the last and latest word um, from uh, uh, the Arizona Republic a day ago. So um, we'll see if that bears fruit. But getting Daniels back would obviously be huge for ASU. Um, Oregon State's been interesting this year. Their offense has been really good aside from two games against very good defenses, uh, Utah and Washington. Um, ASU's defense early on in the year looked like it might trend towards very good, but now it's settling in at, you know, slightly above average um, is what I would call it. Is that is that bad enough that Oregon State's offense can kind of get going a little bit? Um in recent weeks, ASU hasn't been great. Um, lost to Utah by a lot. Lost to UCLA in a deceptive, deceptively close 10-point loss that was actually a blowout. And then another kind of deceptively close loss to USC where they were down 28-7 basically before anything had really even gotten going. So um, ASU is obviously not trending in a good direction, but um, getting Daniels back for this one is big. Um, I really don't know. 
I would have had this more as a pick so I'm probably going to go with Oregon State. Um, but ASU with Daniels is a different deal, um, so I wouldn't be surprised at really any outcome, but I'll take Oregon State and those two and a half points. All right, we're going to differ on this one, too. I'm going to go uh, ASU, mostly just because I have a little more faith in ASU from what I've seen than uh, what I've seen from Oregon State. I'm also terrible at uh, picking... Oregon State, uh, whatever reason, it just seems like they're a boomer bust team. They haven't been as good as home as they've been on the road. Every time I feel like, oh, the you know, Research Stadium and Corvallis, it's going to be really tough for people to know. It just hasn't been hasn't been the case. Um, we both thought that the uh, ten points was going to be good enough last week over Washington, and they end up scoring seven. Now, like you said, it's a really good defense. ASU's defense probably not as good, but I kind of think they're going to ASU will win on the road. Uh, you know, they, they look pretty feisty at the end of the USC game or, you know, at least the last three quarters of that. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Oregon State figures it out, but I, I just don't have a lot of faith in the Beavs right now. Sorry, Angie. So I'm going to go ASU. It's funny, uh, Dave. So we the teams that are playing, it just seems like this has happened a lot. Um, the teams are like right next to each other in the rankings, like Stanford, Washington State or 10 and 9. Um, Oregon State and Arizona State are 6 and 7. It's uh, we've had this the last few weeks where the teams that are playing each other, they're just like right next to each other in our ranking. So it's just this parody mess. You know what I mean? Like outside of Oregon and Utah, it's like this parody mess. Yeah, it, it totally is. It's a, it is a completely even league after a certain point. And it makes picking these games almost impossible. You yeah. Know, anybody could beat kind of anybody on any given day. Um, except for maybe these next two games. Yeah, it's it's not only that anyone can beat anybody, but it's the teams could look like complete garbage or really good. You know, just, <laughs> yeah, just kind of depending on the vagaries of the day. It's yeah. so strange. Like, how could Stanford look this bad and this good? How could Cal score forty-one points in four games and then thirty-three in another against anybody? You know, it just it's absolutely insane. Uh, all right, this one, getting to it a little later now, we have UCLA Bruins. And uh, they're going to be on the road, Salt Lake City taking on Utah Utes. All right, this one's on at 5 p.m. on Big Fox, UCLA traveling to now number seven Utah in Salt Lake City. Utah is uh, favored by 21 and a half points. Uh, so UCLA is a much improved team over the last three games. Their defense has uh, changed and evolved into more of a one gap, single gap team up front. Um, they're playing quicker linemen. Uh, they're pressing their corners more. Generally, just playing a little bit tighter and a little bit more aggressive, and that's paid dividends against three opponents who had some offensive issues. Whether you know quarterbacks who were easily flustered or offensive line problems or whatever. Um, and it's led to a three-game winning streak, but the question is whether it was situational or whether it's just this defense is suddenly very good after being very bad through six games. Um, and a lot of those questions may be answered in this one against Utah. Um, I, I don't think UCLA's improvement is a mirage. Um, I do think UCLA is a significantly better team than they were through the first six games of the year. Uh, the problem is I think Utah is truly I mean, it's not. I don't think it's a joke that they're number seven. I think the. I think they should be the top team in the Pac-12. Um, they should be ranked ahead of Oregon. Uh, they are super even, evenly good across the board. Um, they're great at defending against the run. They're great at defending against the pass. They're great at running the ball. And Tyler Huntley's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in college football this year. Uh, there's not really an easily identifiable weakness here. About the only weakness I can see is that they generally play low possession games, so they can be subject to variance. Um, so if you can, you know, force, which is very rare for them because they don't turn the ball over a ton, but if you can force a turnover or two um, and play ball control on your own end and just get one or two explosive plays that do something weird, maybe get a weird special teams play, you might be able to play them close. Um Simply because they're such a low possession team, I'm going to take UCLA. Um, I think UCLA loses this by a couple of touchdowns, uh, but I don't see it being 21 and a half. I think UCLA of a month ago probably gets blown out in this one, uh, but UCLA of right now, I think they'll be pretty competitive in the first half and then just not have the ability to keep up with Utah's overall quality across the board. Um, so, yeah, I'll take Utah 31, UCLA 17. I, yeah, I agree with you on this one. That's just a lot. I mean, more than three touchdowns, I get, you know, 
Utah's legit. Um, you know, they beat a Cal team that couldn't score 35 to nothing. I think UCLA is going to be able to score some, and I think UCLA's defense is going to be playing playing all right. Uh, you know, Cal's defense isn't as good as as we thought. The secondary isn't as good. Um, you know, they, they got four interceptions all year, and they had 21 last year. There's some shortcomings there. You know, I think Washington kept things close. I'd probably put Washington and UCLA on par with each other, and that was a five point game a couple weeks ago. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know about that one, but yeah, okay. I mean, they're like within a touchdown or so. Twenty, like more than three touchdowns. The way UCLA is playing right now just seems like a lot. Um, sure, yeah, I agree with that. So, it, I mean, yeah, we it's the Pac-12, and anybody could, you know, UCLA could just go lay a complete egg, and Utah could come out like on on super fire and just blow them out. But I think that's a small percentage of the time. I think if, if both teams come out and play sort of like their average game, it's not going to be a 21 and a half point game. Um, so I think there's a lot of scenarios where UCLA is going to cover this, even somewhere UCLA goes on the road and wins, you know? So uh, yeah, that's, that's just way too many points. So I will agree with you uh, on the Bruins. Cool. That's a huge spread. Holy cow. Huge line. Yeah. I mean, that's just like invite. I think they want you to take, I mean, maybe that's bad. Has it moved? Do you know if it's moved? Like, is it moved to it's it's like half a point here or there, but okay. nothing really. So it wasn't like eighteen and now it's twenty one and a half. No, no. Okay. And I thought it was gonna move the other way, but it hasn't yet. We'll see if there's some last minute stuff. All right. Now here's a game that if you have a big line, I don't think I would uh, have any problem with it. We have Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> on the road taking on Oregon Ducks. <laughs> But it's such a big damn line. All right, so 7.30 p.m. on ESPN, Arizona traveling to Eugene to take on the number six Ducks. Oregon's favored by 27.5 points. This is number one versus number 12. But But 27.5 points in a conference game. Yeah. They're that. Wow. uh, Let's look at some of the lines that at least um, what we had – so far this year. So uh, 24 points against Nevada <laughs> at home. So 36 and a half against Mo- uh, uh, Montana. Um, another big one was 20.5 for Colorado. And uh, we got that wrong. They covered that one. Um, 14 against Washington State. Uh, yeah, I don't I mean, that's that's a lot of points, Dave. Okay, so here's so basically this is what Oregon's done this year. They blew out Nevada, they blew out Montana, they blew out uh, Colorado, um, and I guess you can make the claim. I mean, they blew out USC. They allowed a decent amount of points, but they blew them out. Um, but they played close: Washington State, Washington, Cal, Stanford, and Auburn. Obviously. Um, so the question is, is how how bad is Arizona going to be in this one? They are coming off of uh, bye week last week, um, and then they lost to Oregon State in the week prior. They've lost four straight. Oh, man. Um, they haven't lost by this many points yet this year. They've generally done a pretty good job of scoring, even when they are losing. So Oregon's a good defense. Arizona's, you know, obviously we don't even know who's going to start for them. 27 and a half points is just a lot. I mean, I think Oregon's going to win comfortably, yeah. but winning by four touchdowns, which is what this would require, man, I don't know. So, yeah, give me Arizona just under the full man I don't know philosophy. I don't think Arizona's any good. I think they may have almost packed it in for the season, but I just I I, I can't pick a team to win by four touchdowns. In the Pac-12, I'm, I'm going. Not doing it. Yeah, I'm going to, and I'm gonna probably regret it. Um, I mean, they they couldn't handle Oregon State at home. I, I don't. I just feel like Oregon's coming off a bye as well. Both teams coming off a bye. Uh, Oregon needs to get some style points for the college football playoff. Like they can smell it now. It's like there. Like you're number six. Like you need to move up a couple spots, and you're in the playoff. And so I kind of feel like you're gonna get your best effort um, from Mario Cristobal this weekend, and they're going to put some style points on there. So I, that's just way too many points. I would never, should never pick this, but I'll go with the, the ducks. Maybe they win by four touchdowns and I covered by half a point. 
I respect your courage. <laughs> That's a lot of courage. All right. The nightcap, and I mean nightcap because it's late. We got USC Trojans. On the road up in Berkeley taking on California Golden Bears. Yeah. So this is a game I have no idea about whatsoever. Uh, on at 8 p.m. on Fox Sports 1, USC traveling to Cal. USC's favored by six points. Sure, why not? Why aren't they favored by six points? That makes sense. Um, Cal may have Chase Garbers back for this one, or will have him back. It's a question, I guess, at this point, whether he's going to start, uh, especially after Devon Modster um, finally looked serviceable in this last game um, against Washington State. USC is... The, th- the thing is, I-, I think USC is like a uh, – we've been talking about this a little bit this year. They're just kind of a decent team. Like, they're not great. They're not horrible. The teams they've lost to have generally been, you know, pretty good teams. I mean, three of them are, are – well, three of them are ranked at the time. Washington is no longer. But Washington's a good team. Notre Dame's a good team. Oregon's a good team. And BYU is, you know, a tough team. Um and they've beaten some teams who are also pretty good. I mean, they're the only team that beat Utah. Uh, but they're generally, if you were looking at this, you'd say they're beating the teams who are, you know, badish, and they're losing to the teams that are goodish. And that's that's more or less the narrative with USC. If you take all the other stuff out of it, like the fact that they're more talented, like than all of their opponents combined, if you take that away, it's it's the picture of a team. It's like, eh, they're fine. So, Cal. Um, Cal has a still, I would say very good defense. I think they've been put in a lot of unfortunate spots due to, um, their offense being absolute trash. Um, but still a pretty good defense. Um, they just handled an air raid offense in Washington state. Obviously USC is doing different stuff than Washington state. It's certainly not pure air raid, but it's at least similar. Um, Man, I have no idea. I could talk about this for a while without having any pick. Um, I'll take Cal. All right. Uh, I don't. I don't want to, but I'll take Cal. Why not? I don't really want to either. Um, w- this isn't one of those teams like we talked about. Cal looked like garbage for a month. They had a bye week, and now they look better. Now they had a bye week during that garbage month. That, that month of garbage too. That didn't really help. Um, but yeah, I kind of get the feeling. The Cal's going to play pretty well. I don't know if it's going to be Garbers or Monster, but you know, Monster played a, a really nice game. Uh, you know, the the uh, last weekend. So uh, that was a you know, I think that was a big win uh, for Cal over Washington State. On neither of us uh, thought that that was going to happen. They're at home again. I just I think you're going to get a feisty Cal team that can score some points, and they scored more offensive touchdowns last week than USC did, and USC scored 28 points in the first quarter. Um, I don't know if the wheels are going to be coming off, but it seems like the end of the Clay Hilton era is upon us and there's probably going to be some kind of decision made, you know, after the, the, the UCLA game was USC has a buy like in, in the final week. So that's my guess at this point, do they come out and play really hard for Clay Hilton or they kind of know that things are over? I, I don't know. I just, I tend to not pick USC to cover the spread. So I will, uh, I'll go with Cal. See what they can do. Um, I, you know, can USC get a blowout win on the road? I guess, but they, most of the road games have been close or losses. So, I'll take Cal in those six. All right, very cool. Yeah, Should be a fun weekend of football. So we have uh, what did we pick? Three different ones. Yes, three different ones. And then who's on? Who's on a bye week? That so Washington's on a bye, and, and Colorado, and Colorado's on a bye. All right. Interesting. So we'll see how that uh, that all goes down. But good stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. So should we? So should we read some questions? Yeah, let's read some some questions because we want to do some. You know, do a few. Dave Dave handpicked yeah. these. So. All right. This is uh, one from Trevor. Uh, hey guys, it's your bearded brother Trevor. Trevor back with a few more questions. Hypotheticals as the Pac-12 championship rolls closer. It's becoming more and more apparent that it will likely feature the Oregon Ducks and the Utah Utes. With that in mind, I thought it would be fun to get your take on some hypothetical, very serious questions if these two do indeed end up matching up. 
One, which team would you pick to win the game? Hmm. So this is in the championship game. I would take Utah. I kind of... I just straight up, like, who's going to win? Yeah. I think I'm going to take Oregon. But... I, I don't know. I, I I'm still I still want to see what they do these pause, last couple weeks. Pause, pause, pause. Ryan just posted a selfie while he's listening to me give my <laughs> sweet takes about this upcoming football game. Yeah, you know. You were kind of going on a little bit in the Cal USC game, so I, I took God damn. <laughs> I tagged you. I know you did. You were letting me know. You were letting me know. Um okay. All right. Follow, you can Would follow you, us on Instagram. I'm at Hermosa Rhino, R-Y-N-O, and Dave's at... Are you David David Woods on Instagram? I'm a, I'm David David Woods. Yeah. I'm David David Woods all over. Okay. Uh, two, would you take the over or under for a total score of 33.5 points? Over. Over. Three, which team do you think will have more rushing yards? <sighs> I think it would be Oregon, because I feel like... I think Zach Moss will get some, but Oregon's more going to be more of a committee. But I feel like if... Utah's going to have to have Huntley really slinging around where I don't, I don't know if Oregon would need Herbert to do that. So I, I, I think Oregon would. Uh, Utah would definitely have more rushing. Wow. Cards. Okay. Here's how many Utah allows per rush attempt. You ready? Yeah. 2.6. Yeah, but they're playing like garbage teams. Yeah. All, all the same teams. <laughs> Oregon's playing. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, three, which team do you think will have more? Oh, sorry. Uh, four, which quarterback is more likely to be intercepted during the game? Well, I don't know how many Huntley's had. I think he only has a few, but, um, Herbert only has two. So I've, uh, I've, Huntley has one. Wow. So they basically neither of them get intercepted. Um, yeah, let's, let's look at rates. Let's let, let's let math be our guide. Hang on. Okay. Well, it's, All right, so Herbert's got a, Herbert. Yeah. Herbert has had two in two hundred and two hundred and eighty-eight attempts, so one for every hundred and forty-four attempts. Uh, Huntley has had one in one hundred and ninety-one attempts. So Justin Herbert, he's the more likely of the two. Yeah. Well, you knew. I mean, there was no way Herbert was going to have twice as many attempts as Huntley. Right. So, yeah, you kind of knew the math before you went into that one. I kind of did, but you know, <laughs> it's always important to get it exact. Uh, which head coach can bench press more? That's Mario Cristobal. I think if you'd asked me which one can squat more, I would have a, a longer and more involved answer. I, I do like this question a lot. This might be one of the better questions we have. I think we should tweet this out. You're probably right. We should tweet this out and put it up to the up to the masses. I would I would take like Kyle Whittingham's like calf and leg strength, I think, over Cristobal. But I think Cristobal's got that. He's got the build to do the to do the bench much better. As a former offensive lineman, yeah, I think some of those guys have like I don't know how long his arms are, but if, when you got the like the shorter squatter, like you know the stockier kind of arms, you can just crash crush the bench press. Um, where like if you're ever like a long longer armed guy, I'm not saying that Kyle Whittingham is, but th- those guys have a harder time. Yeah, but I could see Whittingham. I think Whittingham's got the lower body. Yeah, I think he's got the leg strength. All right, we'll have to tweet that out after the show, or if you want to tweet it while we're doing it, since I can post. Cristobal seems like the more likely to be skipping leg day. <laughs> That's a good. We should keep that drop, like somehow. Yeah, but that would take work. That doesn't happen. <laughs> Certainly not mine. <laughs> Chris, I do like that. We get some gems every once in a while. <laughs> we do. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was was that Rudy's? No, no that was. Is, uh, yeah, this is Rudy's. Okay, Rudy. So, uh, David Ryan, I enjoyed listening to the show. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I guess he means I am enjoying listening to the show every week. Thanks for all of your hard work putting the show together. Let's pretend that you guys are on the opposite ends of a debate stage. Dave, you have one minute to state all the reasons Urban Meyer should not be hired at USC or any other place for that matter. Ryan, you have one minute on why Urban Meyer should be hired. Then each of you can have a 30-second rebuttal if needed. Thanks again for the pod, Rudy. All right. So I think there is a ethical and moral consideration with hiring Urban Meyer that has to be thrown into any um, decision there. Uh, he's a bad dude. Um, he's a negligent dude. 
He's allowed a lot of things at his programs that have ended up being huge embarrassments to the university um, in like a very dollars and cents way. But also, uh, you just don't want that stuff around. Like, I mean, it's it's just the the natural reality of it. Um, you know, tons of tons of whole bunch of crimes went on at Florida when he was there, uh, even beyond the Aaron Hernandez stuff. So that's that consideration. The second one is, um, and this is a lesser one, but it's not a long-term play. Urban Meyer does not stay in a place for very long. Um, and, you know, there's there's a, you know, when he leaves, um, which will be, you know, probably relatively soon, uh, where does that leave USC having to hire some other random dude again? Um, if I was USC, I would be looking at, again, um, real up-and-comers that you can identify Um kick the tires on Matt rule at Baylor. Um, but I would, I would be hiring somebody who can be your coach of the future. Um, not just your coach of the next four or five years. Oh, all good points. Um, so I would argue because of the mess that USC is in, they've pretty much painted themselves in a corner that you need the home run hire to fix everything. A decade of former football players as athletic directors and, uninspiring coaching hires. Now you've kind of put yourself in a spot where only the best will do. And there's no question who the best out there is. It's urban Meyer. I would encourage anyone to listen to the move the sticks podcast from a week or so ago with urban Meyer. He sounds like he has a PhD in creating a great football culture. And that's something that USC needs desperately. Uh, Certainly there was concerns with some of the athletes that urban Meyer brought in at Florida, but I think, as any you know, person grows, we saw none of those issues at Ohio State. And I think there was less of a reason to recruit those kind of athletes at Ohio State where you're more of the big dog as opposed to competing with the big dogs. And he did a really good job competing with the big dogs of Florida. But some of the guys had questionable character, as Dave mentioned. I think even at USC, you have less competition where if he's rolling at SC, he keeps all those five stars in Southern California at home. And you don't have to go out and try to find the guys that you were getting at Florida. So I think it shows growth from what he's done there. And I think for USC, they've pretty much don't have a choice right now. You have to try to get a guy who's, you know, could change the, even if he's only there for four years or five years, he would change the entire direction of the football program. Yep. Okay. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I I have no. Yeah. We don't need to rebuttal or anything, but you know, I got nothing. All right, Anthony. Wait, hold on, uh, real hey, quick, Ryan. Dave. As a UCLA fan, would you want, or a UCLA person, or say, if you're UCLA, you can call me a fan. It's fine. Okay, do you want USC to hire Urban Meyer? No, hell no. <laughs> and why is that? Because I mean, the thing is, he's gonna. I mean, he's gonna friggin' rake for like four or five years. Yes. I mean, it's he might leave USC on some sanctions or whatever, and he might you know have some disasters in his wake, but. I mean, they're gonna go. I mean, if he if he gets hired tomorrow, right, and it's the next four or five years, the projected losses have to be under ten, right? Like it's he's gonna have just an elite run. Um, so, yeah, I mean, no, you don't want that. I, and I think if you're like, if you're a a Pac twelve enthusiast, you probably do want it. Um, but if you're like a more of a fan of an individual team than you are of a you know caring how the league is doing. No, you don't want that. Not at all. I mean, Urban Meyer would would immediately be the best coach in the league. Yeah. Um, and by a wide margin. Uh, um, all right. This is from Anthony. Hey, Ryan and David David. One for each of you. Ryan, Urban Meyer is obviously the number one guy, but if for whatever reason it's not him, who would you like to see as USC's next head coach? Uh, I mean, good questions there. Um, I would say as far as, you know, I listen. It's funny. Move the Sticks had... James Franklin on, and I, I've listened to most of that interview, and uh, I like a lot of the stuff that he had to say. And it's funny, some of the things he was saying in that interview about the the shortcomings of whatever your job is, where like when he was at Vanderbilt, he would be like out in the quad trying to convince students to not go home for Thanksgiving so they would come to the Tennessee Vanderbilt game. And he's like, at Penn State, you don't have to do that. But there's other challenges too. And he said, we would recruit more nationally at Vanderbilt because we could do that. We have an international airport right there in Nashville where if you tried to get to state college, it's not easy. Even having coaches go out on the road is difficult. So he's mentioned things like that, where would it be appealing for someone like at, you know, Penn state's a blue blood, but you're also, you know, Los Angeles, the fact that you can get to an airport quickly, I guess that's something that's 
uh, a little bit of a, a shortcoming for him there at, at Penn State right now. I think he would be a, a, a really interesting kind of hire. And, you know, he's probably a top five coach in college football now. I don't know if he's elite. There's been, you know, they, he just lost to uh, Minnesota. There's been some issues, but, you know, I, he's done some really good things. He did lose to Clay Helton straight up, you know, in the, in the Rose Bowl. But um, I think he would probably be a really good hire. You know, uh, Matt Rule that, that Dave mentioned. Um, I mean, what he's been able to do at Temple and Baylor uh, is great. I mean, I'm like a Bob Stoops would be interesting to at least look at. I don't know. He's coaching the XFL. There's just not a lot of dudes that have won championships. He's one of them. Um, you know, like a Matt Campbell at Iowa State. You know, there's you know, he's an interesting one. PJ Fleck has a huge buyout. He just signed an extension at Minnesota, and he already he just beat James Franklin. Does it a different way? Has his own quirky style with the row your boat and all that kind of stuff. But someone like that would be really interesting, and they, they certainly have their own culture and their own uh, ways of building a program. And I, to me, that's what USC needs the most: is just someone that can come in and they have their their own formula for creating a great football culture. Uh, USC just hasn't had that. It's just been like this leftover garbage for the last decade. Yeah. Any other names that you like said, or, or no? No, I thought you nailed a lot of them. Okay. Um, and then he says, Dave, I haven't been able to hate watch UCLA recently on account of their three-game winning streak, but is this turnaround real or is it Rick Neuheisel 2.0 where he went 7-6 and six in his second year? Won the prestigious Eagle Bank Bowl and never reached such heights again. Sanctioned field Pac-12 South title notwithstanding. Thanks, not Hifliday. Um, It's real in a micro sense in that I think this UCLA team is a lot better now than it was to start the year. Um, I am out on any projections that we're looking ahead in the third year simply because we've seen this show before. Uh, UCLA got a lot better at the end of last year, too. And then they started out this season laying turds for six games. Um, so no, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to see it to believe it at the start of a season because I think there's a narrative you could create about this offense that it takes a while for it to get going. Um, that to get the execution right, to get everyone on the same page, it just takes some work. It takes a while for maybe Chip Kelly to shake off the offseason rust as a play caller. A lot of these things could be true. Um, so. I think the turnaround is real this year. I would 100% recommend watching the final three games. I think UCLA could put up some really nice showings. Uh, but going into next year, I, I still consider it a major unknown. We've seen two seasons that pretty much followed the same narrative path. Um, and if next season does it, I might be driven fully insane and just wander off to the into the woods. <laughs> I told people to, because there's people thinking that like, you know, what if what if they bring back Clay Helton for one more year? And I, I was like, I think I'm just going to go on vacation for a while. Like, I, I think I'm just going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm done for a while. Uh, site, you've been doing well because of all the speculation, but it's going to, things aren't going to, you know, bode well. Um, fans are going to be so apathetic. And that's, that's our enemy. Like, fan outrage is okay. Like, fans being pissed is okay. Fan apathy is terrible because when they don't care anymore, they're not going to log into the site anymore. They're not going to read your stuff. They're not going to subscribe. They're not going to listen to your podcast. Like that's, that's what we don't want. Yep, exactly. And so I don't know, like if UCLA was sort of doing the same thing again and the fans are like, ugh. I would, I, I would, I would, I would wander off into the forest <laughs> never to be heard from again. Nice. What was that movie? Is it the road or, uh, Yeah. It was where the sun and their yeah, yeah. Like the the mom just wanders off like she can't handle the apocalypse. She's like, yeah, I'm out. I'm just going to wander off into the apocalypse. Um, would you would you survive the apocalypse, Dave, or would you like be like, nah, I I, I can't go get my latte. I mean, I'm I'd done. G- I'd give it the good old college try for a little while. I mean, I don't know if I'd survive. Does anyone really survive the apocalypse or life for that matter? I guess it's just the desire. Uh, like she sort of lost the desire. Like I I feel like I would have the desire to do whatever I could. You, you know. At some point, you might just run into a wall you can't do anymore. But I don't think I would like give up. Like, oh, this is too freaking hard, you know. But oh, I've got. A, I actually have a very optimistic attitude about that stuff, which is well, it's actually a little bleak, but it, it it runs as optimism for me, which is this is all there is for me. Like, there there's nothing after this. There's nothing. So something is better than nothing. Gotcha. Even deprivation and terror is better than nothing. So I'll take it. All right. Uh, this is our last question, and we'll uh, we'll end this week's show. He, I like how they he addresses us, uh, champions. Isn't that cool? I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Champions, I love it. Uh, Morris seasons 
seemed to start fairly well in non-conference, but would generally have an unexpected drop when conference play would start, whereas Chip seems to experiment and figure things out while in non-conference play. We call that the preseason. Am I crazy for thinking that Chip's uh, workshopping may have more sustainable conference outcomes? Also, do you believe hand shot first? Han or hand? Han shot first. Uh, Sipper Fidelis, uh, Ryan Lepper, P.S. Happy birthday, Marines. Thanks for your service, veterans. Yes, we didn't mention that on Monday. Thank, uh, happy Veterans Day, everyone. Thanks for your service. Yes, um, thank you. Um, okay, so am I crazy for thinking that Chip's workshopping may have more sustainable conference outcomes? No, I mean, I think that might be true, but uh, I mean, until he puts together a conference record that's at least as good as like, I don't know, one of Mora's seasons. Let's see where we are right now. Jim Mora, football seasons. Let's see. Jim Elmora. All right, I want to see your conference record, Jimmy boy. Okay, so he had one season where he was two and seven. Uh, every other year he had at least four wins. So this year is ranking as uh, Mora's second worst season right now. They'll probably get up to five wins, so that'll still be um, under the six and three that he achieved in his first three years. So... Yeah, I don't know. It depends on what you mean by sustainable. I mean, he could sustain it like four wins a year and be very consistent, but that's not very good. Um, I, I think they're going to need to be a little bit faster at the workshopping in years to come. Yeah. Uh, it would be great if that happened in, you know, the actual preseason, like August. Um, <laughs> but if they could even just limit it to a couple of games in the non-conference, then yes. But right now, it's extending deep into conference play before they actually have everything figured out. So... Um, yeah, as I alluded to in the last question, maybe, maybe figure that thing out. So I don't have to wander off into the forest. Nice. And Han obviously shot first. Uh, George Lucas has brain worms and, uh, will just not stop tinkering. Um, but that was the original movie and the original movie is canon. Wait, so did he change it in the remake? He changed it. So it looked like Greedo shot before Han. Uh, I guess to make Han look like a better guy. But the whole thing with Han is that he's supposed to be the kind of scoundrel who will shoot somebody before they've even shot at him. Right. Like, that's the whole thing. But to be fair, like, Greedo was trying to, like, imprison him and take him back, you know. Right, no, he already had, I mean, he had a a, a reason. It was just a very real politic reason for killing him. Um, but then having him shoot first, Greedo, then it makes it look like he was only defending himself, which oh. was not the thing. See, he I was did... taking a proactive step to eliminate a potential threat. I love how nerdy you are in this stuff because I didn't uh, – I mean, I love Star Wars. I mean, I would say I'm a Star Wars nerd, but I don't know all the stuff like George Lucas changed it so it made it look like Greedo shot first. I didn't know that occurred. So Yeah, well, now you know. Now you know. Now the people know, and uh, we can all get past it together. And arm in arm. If Greedo shot first, how the hell would he miss him at point blank range under a table? Like what? What I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's a bounty hunter. Yeah, he has to be the worst bounty hunter. And shoots him like over the left ear or whatever it was. No, come on, get um, out of here with that mess. Are you so okay? So um, I don't have the Disney Plus thing, like the streaming service. I got to look at. Do you it. have Verizon? Do you have Verizon? Uh, on my cell phone, yeah. If you have Verizon Unlimited, you can get Disney Plus for free. Oh, nice. I'll, I'll do that. Um, but there was – so I, I like consuming Star Wars stuff. I'll definitely go see the new movie that comes out next month. But they have some like – is it a Boba Fett show or something? No, so it's not Boba Fett. It's just called The Mandalorian. It's about another of that kind of – I don't know if they're a race of people or just a type of person. They were all the clones, uh, right, or something? Weren't they? I, the, I, you're, you're asking me prequel knowledge stuff, and I, I, I'm out on that. Okay, uh, sorry. But he's, he's just a character um, and not Boba Fett, but he is a bounty hunter. Um, and so it's, it's a show kind of – Following him around, it seems already to be a little bit grittier than your average Star Wars. Um, feels a little bit more Rogue One-y uh, oh. from, from a tone standpoint. Um, so we'll see. I'm interested in it. I watched the first episode on my flight back from Vegas yesterday, and it was uh, pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm I'm interested. There's a lot of really good names involved. I mean, John Favreau is the director and producer and everything, but... Um, 
I'm going to butcher his name, but Taika Waititi, um, who did uh, Thor Ragnarok, directed an episode, and I think he's also in it. Um, Warner Herzog is um, is an actor in it, so there's there's a lot of fun stuff going on. In it. Oh, well, that I mean, I think that's cool. Like, yeah, I'll check it out. And I, I, I didn't realize I get it for free. Um, it's funny if you people like. There's a lot of ways you can get some of these streaming services for free. Even for us, like if you're a 24 seven sports member, um, you can get CBS Plus for free. So there's a lot of sports stuff there. There's a lot of CBS content. Like people like the the Twilight Zone and some of the other things. Um, so yeah, so like just so I got Verizon, you get that for free. CBS, we can get that for free. So you can get some of these things for free and kind of build your package of uh streaming services together, I guess. Build your package, everyone. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's see. I think that's it. That's it. That's everything. We're all done. We did a streamlined tight show. Um, and next week we'll do a three hour one to make up for it. We'll probably have to do that. Okay. Well, Hey Dave, uh, glad we could work this out around your travel schedule. Um, couple more weeks left of the regular season. So should be very interesting. That's David Woods. Uh, I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks again for tuning in to the podcast of champions. Thanks to our sponsor, uh, Mac Weldon. Thanks to all you, the listeners out there, letting people know about the podcast of champions. The greatest Pac-12 podcast ever, or the only one that we know of. There's a couple others out there now, but thanks so much uh, for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.